All right. Uh, thank you, everyone. Welcome to On the Table. This is Representative Dan Miller. I'm excited to be here today, actually, in the Capitol. we got a lot going on, and I'm here with a good friend of mine who I'm going to introduce in just a moment. Uh, I do have a staff member who's always here to be sure that I say something of value. Right, John? Nice to be here, and I don't know that I can bring anything of value, John's but we'll supposed try. to help. He's supposed to be sure that <laughs> I stay somewhat on target. Uh, we are downstairs. You know, I was just talking uh, with our guests, too, because we're downstairs in this basement of the Capitol uh, and just trying to figure out how everything is used. We now have a green screen here for some reason. Yeah, we've upgraded. Well, what is this for? Uh, this is in case maybe it ever goes live. You know, we'll yeah. do a, a video feed. It's just a green wall. It's what we all needed. Uh, but let's get to our guest because I'm very excited. He's got a lot to do today as well. And our guest is none other than my former colleague and my good friend, our lieutenant governor, who now goes by governor, unless the governor's in a room. It's a long story. But our friend, Austin Davis. Austin, thank you. Hey, Dan. Thanks for having me. It's great to be on the table with all your listeners today to talk about the great things we're doing here in Harrisburg to improve working class families' lives here in Pennsylvania. Well, we're here on a big day, uh, my friend. How's it feel to be part of Josh Shapiro's team in delivering the budget address today? You know, it, it feels great. I mean, we had a short timeline because we were sworn in on January 17th to put the budget together. Uh, but I could not be more proud of what we deliver a common sense budget that helps move Pennsylvania forward, that makes investments in education, that makes investments in public safety, uh, and literally something that I think everybody can get behind, a budget that brings together Democrats, Republicans, and independents. Uh, so we're hoping to take the tone down a little bit here in the Capitol uh, and do some things that help benefit everyday Pennsylvanians. Well, you know, and speaking of that, because we just did a dinner at the governor's mansion where he brought the House and Senate Republican and Democrat leaders. Uh, you were obviously there playing a key role. Uh, Josh and his team went up there, made a sort of an executive summary. But I, I did feel like what a great way to uh, bring people together before uh, the public presentation, before we start getting into talking points and, and deeper negotiations to bring people together, break bread and have a discussion. Yeah, you know, we think in order to do anything in this building, we got to focus on solutions. And that's what our budget does. It doesn't focus on gimmicks. gimmicks. It focuses on solutions. And uh, I'm excited to do that work. And we've said, you know, outside of my office today, I can see Senate Republicans are already setting up for their press conferences. Uh, we know that folks are going to have reactions to our budget, but we hope at the end of the day, folks will come to the table with a serious mindset to get things done. You know, I got to say, though, too, I was talking with a couple of our newcomers who are you know, new to our caucus. We have a, a very uh, excited uh, bunch here uh, who have just been elected as, as members of our House majority. Uh, and they were like, well, I don't know this Austin Davis guy. Right. And I was like, like Austin Davis. I was like, well, I know Austin Davis. So I was trying to think, what's your first memory of you and I getting together? You know, my first memory of you and I was 2011, I think it was, 2011 during the county executives race. You were, you weren't, I don't believe you were state rep at that time. No. You were the chairman of the Bethel Park Democratic Bethel Committee. Bethel Park. This is or, how, sorry, oh Mount my Lebanon. God. Yeah. Mount Lebanon. Oh, my God Mount bless Lebanon. Bethel Park. Oh, We're going to have to stop here. I can't believe I <laughs> Show's over. I mixed up Bethel, Bethel and Lebo. Bethel Park and Lebo. Go uh, ahead. But you were the chair of Lebo. I was a young staffer for County Executive Fitzgerald, literally like right out of college. I graduated college in 2012. Uh, and we were just, you were, I went to work at the county. You were still at the county as an assistant solicitor at the right. time. Mm -hmm. um, and we were like, I think the only two in the administration who actually understood like Democratic committee politics. Yeah. And so we we kind of geeked out on that. And then you came to the house, I think, 2016, 2015 or 16? 
2013. 2013. You came to the house, and I got here five years later in 2018. I know. That uh, was good. That was a heck of a run, though. Well, look, it's it's. I look back to that time, and, and uh, you know, we had a lot of excitement, too, uh, in that new administration in the county trying to get things done, uh, trying to address some issues. Uh, and, like, you, uh, like, it was just amazing. I look back on our friendship and how, like, we, you know, I was able to watch and be part of, you know, everything you were doing and growing and, and seeing that. And then, you know, some people also forget, uh, too, that you were the first African-American, definitely in Western PA. Oh, yeah. To And help me out if it's the whole story. I was the but, first African-American to represent any district west of Harrisburg. Yeah. The only other two were this, it, within the city of Pittsburgh. So a non-urban district. Of right. And a, and a majority white district. Yeah. And a majority 78% white district. Yeah. Which, which I have to joke about that because as you would recall, our good friend, Mayor Ganey, yeah. uh, told me in 2013 and 14 how that would never happen. Yes. So, you, you were the one believer who believed. You were like, yeah. at the time, I think he was like, no African-American no, going to get elected no. in any district except my two. <laughs> then I won. And then literally three months later, our former colleague, now Congresswoman Summer Lee, one in the district right next to mine. And so it, it really proved that people, I think people wanted a different type of leader, but I think people wanted a leader that leaders that they could connect with. Right. Well, and I, look, I'm optimistic. I, it's, I'm excited to see what Western PA, uh, you know, continues to grow to be, uh, and how people are looking for solutions and not looking on stereotypes of things of the past. Right. right? So, uh, they're looking for the person who they can relate to connect with who they see as an advocate, and skin color, religion, or anything else that used to be barriers, God willing, more and more, we push that to the side, right? And your election, though, really kind of emphasized and, and helped me win a bet with Ganey, which I appreciate. Well, and, I, and I'll say this, the one thing that, particularly in the Mon Valley region, my district, Summers District, the things that the thing that binds everybody together, and unfortunately, is we're all working class and poor. Like there's not a like I, there there's not a there was not a wealthy part of my state house district. The median income was thirty five thousand dollars in my state house district. So if you were a white person in that economic status or a black person in that economic status, you weren't too different in terms of a place. And so in a weird way, I think that brought people together around a common issue to fight for working class people and, and to try to move communities that have often been forgotten about. And that's that's a key part of what, in particular, our Democratic caucus is about. I know how you and I are forged and, and what matters to us and, and how what we share in common with that. So that's fantastic. But, you know, look, I know I don't have you all day, but um, I got to ask, we got this budget. Now, I obviously know some things. Give me the one or two things maybe that you're most excited about. What what not I know the governor's gonna yeah. outlay his priorities and I know you're supportive exactly. Yeah. What did you see that was like, you know what, man, I'm jazzed? Well, you know, th there are a number of exciting areas, but one in particular is the the, the resources we spend on violence prevention in our communities. Uh, it's something that uh, every community is dealing with across Pennsylvania. The governor put me in charge of the Pennsylvania Commission on Crime and Delinquency. Uh, and, for example, that money is going to help put more police officers on the street. It's going to help more invest in neighborhood programs that help keep kids uh, safe. It's going to make sure we are giving people ladders of opportunity so they don't have to turn to violence. We know one of the quickest ways to take a gun out of somebody's hand is to put a paycheck in it. This budget does that. Another thing I'm really excited about uh, is the resources that are going into the pardon process here in Pennsylvania. Right. Uh, the, the, the governor puts an enormous amount of resources in the pardon process to kind of reimagine that, to help clear the backlog. For well, and that's part of your, uh, you know, your focus, right? Yeah. As Lieutenant Governor. Yeah, as Lieutenant Governor, I chair the Board of Pardons. And so, you know, Pennsylvania should be a place for second chances, and, and we shouldn't be held up based on a backlog. Well, and so we're going to try to help clear that backlog. And I like how you're talking about uh, both things, though. I mean, look, we do need well-trained 
uh, well-paid, well-supported well um, uh, police officers, right, um, who have the resources they need to do things by the book. And we also need uh, investment yeah. into communities and programs. Uh, and, and look, your McKeesport has had a, a challenging, uh, you know, month, six weeks. Yeah, so um, I, I my guest today, uh, I, I invited a guest to the budget address, uh, Officer Chuck Thomas, who was the McKeesport police officer, who was the partner of the officer who was unfortunately killed, uh, and he himself was wounded, but I invited him to be here for the budget address because, you know, my community has faced a tough time, but it, it's also been across the Commonwealth. We've had the Temple police officer, officer Sergeant Fitzgerald, who was who was killed. We had the Blackenridge police chief who was killed. Yeah. So in our, in our first month, uh, I've attended multiple services for officers who've lost their lives in the line of duty. And we need to make sure that, uh, one, we're addressing the violence in our communities. We're making sure officers are well-trained, well-staffed, properly funded. Uh, we need to make sure folks have access to mental health supports because we're seeing that's a huge factor in a lot of the violence we're seeing uh, in some of our communities. We need to make sure uh, that we're passing common sense gun regulations like red flag laws, like universal background checks. And so uh, there's not going to be one single bullet that's or single solution that's going to solve these problems. It's going to be a collective and it's going to take Democrats and Republicans in this building to come together. Well, I mean, that's that's well said, my friend. The uh, I was talking to Representative Gurgley, you know, obviously about uh, the the. The, the police officer uh, death, which unfortunately, uh, from what I understood, it was a personal, uh, the police officer and his family lived on the street. Yeah. Very close by. You know, and obviously I talked with Representative Steele, um, her district, as you uh, referenced, um, um, you know, lost the police chief yeah. horribly with it. So uh, these are very real scenarios. Um, there's no doubt. Uh, but that investment um, in both making sure that well-trained police, as we were talking about it there, but also that community investments are done in a way that uh, can help provide other opportunities, especially when you've had some areas that have been struggling for, for that type of support for a long time. You know, so, but anyhow, that's that's number one. I appreciate that. Give me another one. What else got you jazzed? You know, uh, so $10 million for indigent defense in Pennsylvania uh, is huge. Pennsylvania is one of the only two states that doesn't provide any money for indigent defense. Here in the Commonwealth, that's huge. We need to make sure folks have access to, to legal representation in the Commonwealth. Well, and, um, and when you say indigent defense, of course, we're, we're talking public defenders. Yeah, public defenders. Yeah. yeah. Which you know, obviously, yeah. You are a former public defender. Former public defender, and I care so much about with it. I would note that I think the we actually do, the state does pay some uh, indigent defense. But to be fair, it's only if they're trying to kill you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so once we, if it's a death penalty case, I believe the state will pay about a half million dollars towards that defense. But on the operating costs of every county public defender's office uh, that's there, we pay, state pays nothing. And so that puts the burden on the counties and you get into um, inequity between the counties, even between our, like a, uh, Allegheny County in Washington or Allegheny County in Westmoreland, you know, you don't have that sort of uh, um, same level of support. And it trickles down to the, the public defenders on the line, to the uh, the uh, people who help their filings, doing their legal filings, to the people who do the investigations. You know, it takes a lot to fund. I think county should be excited by what you and Josh are putting together. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the other more exciting points is not only does this budget not raise taxes, it actually cuts taxes. Taxes like the cell phone tax, uh, which 
is kind of a nuisance to a lot of folks. We expand the property tax rent rebate program uh, to make sure folks, are, we increase the eligibility, but also increase the, the return folks are getting from that program. So I, I am super excited about a number of elements in this budget that I think are really going to help move Pennsylvania's working class families forward. All right. So here's the top, here's the tough question for you. All right, so are you saying you would vote for this budget? As a member of the House, <laughs> if I was a member of the House today, I would vote on this budget. But not only would I vote on this budget, yeah. I would speak in support of it on the House floor. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. The government well, is third and down. Yes. <laughs> well, you know, look, it's and we're going to see, uh, obviously, uh, appropriation chairs uh, who haven't been there before. I'll look forward. You know, uh, our friend uh, uh, Jordan Harris yep. will be talking about that today as well. Um, I know our Republican friends will be giving their uh, initial perspective as well, too. And, look, people understand. It, you know, we'll understand that this is the process, the beginning, really, of the process. You guys have budget hearings coming up. Are you going to be involved with that, too? You know what? No, not so much. Uh, luckily, as lieutenant governor, I don't have to go. I don't think I have to participate in the budget hearings. But I'll, I'll certainly be around and to be helpful in the, uh, to our administration in terms of meeting with legislators and helping them understand our priorities to move them forward. Well, and, and look, we appreciate I know because uh, you uh, um, brought uh, several of Josh's key um, staff to meet with uh, delegation and legislative leaders here um, to go over uh, priorities. Uh, and that was a welcome uh, thing as well. The feedback I got from members was they really appreciated it. Yeah, you know, one of the things, that was one of the things that always frustrated me as a House member. I felt like around budget time, I, want, I had good ideas that I wanted to talk about with the administration, and there seemingly was no one there to listen. Uh, and nobody knows uh, your commu the communities better than state legislators. They are intimately involved in their neighborhoods and their towns and their cities. And so I thought we should use that knowledge to our benefit as we put together our budget process. And I think when we came out of that process, there were things that we thought we understood well, but I think they provided greater clarity. And so I would say as we go forward in future budgets, that's a process that we're, we're going to continue. I, I think it's great. I, you know, and I also, uh, you know, I was talking with uh, Mike Verb in the uh, governor's uh, office there as well. Uh, Josh was not afraid to bring some some uh, bipartisanship. Yeah, he did. Uh, Mike Verb was a former Republican state house member. Uh, we have a number of Republicans serving in our cabinet from uh, Pat Brown, who's our secretary of revenue, uh, to I believe Sarah Hammer, our secretary of banking. Uh, so we have a number of Republicans. We, we, we campaigned on creating, taking off our red jerseys and our blue jerseys and putting on the Pennsylvania jersey and bringing people together to try to get things done. And, and, and that's uh, not only what we campaigned on, we're, we're governing in that way. What are you going to do with the, uh, speaking of jerseys, you're going to be in the Capitol softball game? What are you doing? You know what? So I got my old jerseys hanging in my office. I got to negotiate a little bit because although I, I'm like a member of both, the executive and the legislative as the president of the Senate. So I hope they, uh, I hope they give me a, a, a pass to play because uh, I was a little, I was just getting started last year, but now I'm really ready to, I'm yeah. ready to roll. Well, and for those who don't know, the Capitol softball game wait, uh, raises money uh, in a bipartisan fashion for hunger initiatives and uh, in Pennsylvania, so that's a lot of fun. What do you? Are you uh, March Madness or spring training guy? What do you? I am neither. neither. I mean, uh, so I like might I mean like I. I'm a, pit, I'm a pit what are you doing? fan. I'm a I'm a pit fan, but like they never seem to make it too far in March Madness, so they yeah. kind of dashed my hopes. Uh, I'm probably more of a, a a football guy, an NFL guy in the fall, so I don't really get into the basketball. But I do want to explain the lieutenant governor, the governor, yeah. and the lieutenant governor, because most people don't don't recognize this. Well, the lieutenant governor, uh, when you are when you are usually the governor and lieutenant governor are in separate places, right. and so the correct title for lieutenant governor when he's not with the when I'm not with the governor is governor. So you will hear if you notice any of the detail guys that follow me, any of the guys in the Senate, they will always say Governor Davis. 
Uh, when the governor is with me and we are in the same vicinity, it is Lieutenant Governor Davis. Yeah, yeah. So that is the correct term. Well, I'm glad because I brought it up and then people were like acting like I was joking with them. They were like, no, that's not right. No, we're not going to call Austin you know, Austin uh, governor. I'm like, that's how you show respect. Yeah, that is actually the title. So that anyhow, Austin, title. thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> look, Mr. Austin. Yeah, yeah. Like, we, we love him and we're, we're as his friend, of course, like I'm incredibly biased. So I'm so excited and, and, and proud and I know the leadership you're going to do is tremendous uh great family excited to see everything that's moving your work and this budget that you and josh have put together we're going to get i know we're going to be on the floor soon we're going to go into details um i've heard some positive com comments from some of our uh, republicans at least uh, uh appreciating the the effort that's being made to pull people together this is a good thing well i want to highlight one thing that's going to be historic today uh of the budget address it'll be the first time uh first time that an african-american presides over a joint session as a lieutenant governor, uh, and it'll be the first time uh, that two African-Americans preside over both houses in the General Assembly. So Speaker McClinton uh, as the Speaker of the House and me as lieutenant governor as president of the Senate. It's the first time in Pennsylvania history that's happened. Uh, and the visual will be, will be very interesting to see her and I sitting behind the governor today. And so that's not lost on me uh, or, or the folks who've come before me, before me to make sure that people like Joanna and I could exist and occupy spaces like this. And so I don't know that a lot of people will recognize that today, but it's certainly something I'm mindful of. Well, and thank you for, for highlighting that moment, too. I know it will be something that will ripple through our caucus and hopefully everybody uh, when we see uh, – um, more progress being made in Pennsylvania. And at the end of that, too, we're going to have to look to make this budget, which we're excited to see, but this budget get done in June by the deadline that's there. And then hopefully this is just the start of what we're doing to advance opportunity for everyone in Pennsylvania. So, uh, Governor Davis, thank you so much. We appreciate it. John, I always appreciate you being here. Everybody, thank you for listening to On the Table. We'll be back soon. Hope to have you subscribe. Like awesome. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Rep, for having me. I will subscribe.